0: This is Puck Year, New Zealand's home of hockey and official podcast of the NZIHL. Join us each week as hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Durie talk to the players, the fans, filmmakers and everyone in between who make the hockey world such an interesting place. Alright Joe, we're going to get straight into it this week. Uh, we've got a really awesome, awesome guest. I would consider them a dual international, probably bigger than Mark Ellis or Jeff Wilson. And those are lofty heights to come. And those are about the only two that I can think of, you know, a kid from the 90s. But we've got Helen Murray, the captain of the Ice Ferns, and also plays for the National Women's inline team. How are you
1: doing? Hi. Nice to be here.
2: (laughs) And easily the smartest person we've ever had on this podcast. And probably (laughs) will be. Uh, Oh, dear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because not only are you an awesome hockey player... But you're also a scientist.
1: Yeah, I have a crazy day job. That's, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun career. It's a pretty stressful career actually. But um, it it yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I guess I think if you stay at university long enough, you can become a scientist. But <laughs> yeah, it's, um, my research is based on Alzheimer's disease. I work on human brain tissue that's donated to the brain bank at uh, Auckland University Centre for Brain Research. And yes, I spend my days doing that.
0: And uh, so I know because I was reading a blog about your when you're going through your thesis and everything. Yeah. That that sounded like a crazy amount of work while you're also juggling a hockey career. Yeah. So how do you even balance the studying, the work, the training and the playing?
1: Oh, the thesis was by far probably the most stressful time of my life. Uh, It's it's pulling together sort of three years worth of work into something that's a coherent story when it didn't always pan out that way and then trying to kind of present it in a new format that you've you know basically writing a book and then at the same time training I think the training was a bit more of a like a release like it was (laughs) a time to kind of get away from the computer and and release some energy so I actually really liked training while I was writing my thesis I think it kept me sane (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it's it's a tough thing to do you kind of you're editing you're writing you're just trying to come up with all these new ideas and then you can't help but kind of look at it and go oh this is a piece of crap and then everyone else is like no it's great but you can't really see it because you're so like wrapped up in what you've done so. yeah you can see all the holes in it i guess but
0: i think it kind of actually is really a book isn't it because like i saw a photo and you print it and it's all yeah. bound, and everything. yeah it very it's, a legit. Book.
1: it's a 300 and something page book <laughs> yeah oh, shit. yeah it was it's pretty cool that, to have it have it done and you know you sort of see it there and it's 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 a big piece of output for, for three years worth of work so it was it's
2: was pretty rewarding during that time um obviously studying Coming a full-on scientist um, and training for two international hockey teams. Yeah. Were there people telling you, like, what are you doing with this hockey thing? Why don't you just concentrate on being yeah. a scientist? And Pretty studying-
1: much everyone I work with. I was okay, like, good. you are crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people I work with didn't really – first of all, they had no idea that we even had an ice hockey or didn't even know what inline hockey was. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that go, wait, what? Like, why are you traveling overseas? Like,
2: what is the sport?
1: And you made then, it up just to get out of the yeah. Yeah. lab. <laughs> yeah, oh, think. you
2: don't want to hand in that assignment in this. Yeah, exactly. Semester. Like, okay, oh, yep, you're just sure. trying to get out
1: of the lab. Um, but over the years, working with them all, like, everyone's sort of pretty supportive of it now. They, they, I'm going away and they're like, oh, cool hockey, where are you going to now sort of thing. Um, my boss has been pretty amazing as well. We, um, we have a lot of support at the university as well. They have the high-performance sport program, so that... It sort of started off when I was starting my PhD. They just kind of facilitate a lot of things that while you're away or you're studying, they'll sort of help you move things around. And they also have a support fund. And that kind of, that paid for a lot of my trips. That's awesome. Well, not all of it, but probably about half of, yeah. of my ice trips anyway. And um, yeah, so that, they sort of communicate with my boss and stuff and help it all along. But it's a, it's a pretty big time commitment to train and then be in the lab as well. I think that was probably the most stressful part. You know, you're trying to keep up with all your counterparts. Everyone else is sort of full time in the lab, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta duck out and go to training now. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you ever, um, did you ever feel, feel like you're falling behind on assignments and stuff, or you're like, you like kept it pretty much in check?
1: Um, well, with the PhD, is there's not really assignments as such. Um, there are kind of like progress reports you have to do to prove that you're still making it
2: through. Um, but this, this proves how much little men Logan know about <laughs> yeah. <at the> university <laughs> no. and everything. We're just like, my, yeah. my,
0: my, okay. d- my degree was awesome. <laughs> there was very little exams involved. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I think I got past the exam point and I was like, I'm not going back to exams ever again. I'll write a book instead. Um, yeah, it was oh, one of those, um, times where you kind of, you look at all the the time points that you have to get through and you're like, okay, I'm going to be away for, two months of the year you know like a month with ice about three weeks or so within line and you just kind of have to try and plan everything around that so every time I plan experiments or I do something I've got in the back of my mind that I want to go to ice world so I can't I have to have things finished by that point (laughs) and then I'll start a new experiment afterwards that's sort
0: of how I roll now (laughs) so you must be probably one of the best people ever at time management
1: (laughs) yeah um it's yeah I I picked up that skill I think I just spend less time sleeping. That's yeah. probably where I'm at now. I, I get up really early, like five thirty in the morning. I'm in the lab, and then around five in the afternoon, I'm off. I'm in the gym or on the rink or something, and then yeah, I just don't really sleep. <laughs> That's um, the secret.
2: It's a it's a struggle for a lot of Kiwi hockey players to pay for representing their country at these tournaments, um, and you do it for two. Yeah. So yeah, how do you do that year after year, kind of? Raising the funds and doing that—that
1: that is by far the hardest part. Like the time management side of things, you know, you can make it work, but the money is—it really. I know it holds back a lot of the girls because I'm not the only one. There's there's plenty of us on the team that are playing both inline and ice, and and it's tough because you're asking the same people year after year mm. to kind of support you. And
0: you're like, you're still doing this? Yeah.
1: Thing? You know, oh, sometimes I have a give a little page, and people are like, didn't I already donate to this last year? And I mean, I've done everything. I think I've sold chocolate chutney movie (laughs) fundraisers like you kind of start running out of ideas after a while and and it's the same people that are helping you and then helping your teammates and it's such a small community but it's yeah without it you it's just you couldn't do it so I think a lot of it the sports support fund really really helped um while I was studying and then the fundraising to a certain degree but most of it you kind of just have to save yeah and and Like once I finish one trip, I sort of start saving for the next one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there are no personal holidays. It's just hockey holidays, basically.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I try and tack on a couple of days at the end of each trip to just sort of have some downtime and actually enjoy the place that I'm in. Yeah. Um, Because we get to go to some cool places. And and you don't want to just sort of play the hockey and then run away straight away. You want to have a time to, to relax and detox after the trip.
2: Yeah, you can see the inside of a changing room and a rink basically and West Auckland so you can yeah yeah it's yeah. nice to get out and. it's see nice him. to get out yeah
1: and <laughs> we, we spend a, like a decent amount of time in each place you're gonna go to so you get a feel for that place so you want to go somewhere a little bit a little bit different
0: uh just quickly sort of like being the amount of years that you've done this now like what are just list off of the countries you've been to purely because oh, of hockey
1: countries I've been to okay well, Australia Australia Hong Kong, I've been to the States, Um, went to Canada this time around for a training camp. Europe, we've done Iceland, been to um, Italy, Spain, Czech. I've probably forgotten so many. (laughs) But yeah, and then a fair amount of traveling around that as well, like been around London a fair bit. um, We we spent like a day in Finland at one point. Um, Oh, Sweden, went to Sweden, that's cool. Yeah. Kind of. So basically everywhere. Yeah, a lot of places, yeah. a lot of places.
0: Was Sweden like just squeeze in like a little side trip? Or? No,
1: Sweden, we went. Uh, we trained in Sweden um, a couple of years back before we went to Scotland World Champs, I think 2015. So we had the training camp there. That was when we had, Al um, Fall was our head coach. So he's, he's a part of the Swedish Federation. So he kind of hooked us up with the, the rink time. And that was a pretty good trip because it was, it was good competition, but it was a hectic training schedule. We were walking like 2Ks in the snow to the rink and back. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty cold.
0: Uh, out of all those places, you must have like a favorite, um, like a tour story. Something where, oh. you know, you and the girls got up to a lot of, maybe some mischief. You don't have to... So many. Yeah. You don't <laughs> so have to so daub anyone in, but then, yeah. Oh. What's, what's like a real strong memory for you? It's something you're really fond of on one of those trips.
2: Really fond of... Oh, this. And feel free feel free to throw someone under the bus completely. And
1: I could throw many people under the <laughs> like bus. Good cutback. <laughs> I could definitely throw under under the bus for a lot of things. But uh, <laughs> um, let's see, Hong Kong. I went to a inline tournament there. It wasn't actually worlds. It was just a. I was in like an inline sort of fun tournament. We set over um, a bunch of girls who were all sort of part of the national team, but it wasn't a national team. And we had a great time in Hong Kong. That was that was a really good time. Um, we had a couple of nights out. It was. Yeah. It was heaps of fun. Um Iceland. Iceland was pretty special. Yep. That was a place you can't really get much further away mm. than Iceland, but then it still was such a friendly place to be. Um and crazy landscape and yeah, we had a lot of good adventures there. Um LA. Aunt and I went to Vegas after LA. <laughs> so, oh. You know <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a good time. I lost her for a couple of hours. <laughs> came back, you know, we, we all made it out.
0: Yeah, Vegas can really Ve- get you. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah that was as after
1: a tournament in LA for Inline.
2: As long as you make it out of Vegas, that's the most important thing. There yeah, can be we, horrific things that happen there, yeah. but <laughs> as long as out. you get out, that's the main thing. That's the
1: main thing. Yeah, we we made it out just. But <laughs> yeah, um there's plenty of like sort of stories and stuff but yeah I have to throw a few people under the bus for that so I don't know I don't know if they
0: appreciate <laughs> well, it. sounds like it. you've got a few on uh, one person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no like me, Ange, um, Hannah Shields, um, Rachel Neverland. we've been on all these tours together for years and years and years like five six years now so you kind of can't help but have a couple of stories about people but.
0: <laughs> I yeah. guess because you uh, obviously you Ange and Hannah not only are you the kind of like captaincy core of the Ice Roons, but also the inline team too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we're kind of, the I guess, the consistent ones that have been there year after year after year after year. And plenty of other girls as well have done that. Um, but, yeah, we've kind of, I guess, ridden, risen through the leadership ranks as we've been on more and more trips. So, you do have to kind of be a bit more responsible once you're <laughs> taking up those positions, but we still have a good time. It's such a good, like, tight-knit group. We travelled together with all these girls so much, you can't help but so does that be mean, family.
0: Does that mean Fuchsia was the one that let loose this time around?
1: Oh, she was. She was great. Fuchsia <laughs> was such a good time. She's, she's, um, yeah, a lot of laughs on the trip, and yeah, she didn't let loose too much. She's, she's working hard most of the time, like everyone.
2: Um, you touched on, mentioned it just earlier with all the places you've been. Um, you guys had that training camp in Toronto Mm. this year. My favorite place. And Logan was very jealous. (laughs) That was Um, really cool. He was like, why couldn't they take me along? (laughs) Um, So how was that? Like all the amazing hockey, like the hub of hockey basically.
1: Yeah, I think that is by far my favorite training camp, the Toronto one. It was just full-on hockey immersion. And there were definitely like cheaper places we could have gone or other places we could have gone. But with Toronto, we got such a good experience with just hockey overall. We got to go and train at um, where the York Lions play. So that's pretty cool. A couple of the past Ice Ferns have trained and played there and they came back to to say hi to us. So that, that's pretty neat, seeing players like Renato again and, and Kerry, who was our assistant coach. And then we got to play against tons of women's teams. We had like yeah. six or seven warm-up like practice games. Um, and we just don't get that here. Yeah. or And even in other places that we've trained, we've had like maybe one, game or two games we had yeah six or seven against really good women's teams and that's it was probably the most valuable part of the camp is being able to play other women's teams that are far stronger than we actually played at the at the tournament and then yeah like you get to watch AHL hockey um, OHL hockey you get to play, see the the Canadian women's league um it was my first NHL game seeing the Toronto Maple Leafs play so yeah you can't beat that kind of experience that was really cool
0: and who were the... I was just trying to remember. Who were the Leafs playing? That, Penguins. That? Yeah, yeah. That that was, was my there. first NHL game as well. Leafs versus Penguins. Yeah. And um, yeah, long story short, people probably heard it before, but I was a Penguins fan when I grew up, but moving to Toronto mm, yeah. changed me into <laughs> yeah. a Leafs fan. Uh, and I actually wore my Crosby jersey that night. And I got a lot of flack for it. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, I saw the, the photos of you guys there at the ACC... You rocking all the Ice Ferns gear representing New Zealand it was just so awesome and then to see that the team actually put up like a shout out on the board as well that was so cool that was really
1: cool that was um, we were all sort of sitting there waiting for that one we had heard a rumour that it might be happening and everyone was really excited so it was like phones out ready in case it happens but all the games we went to people were really excited to talk to us which we found crazy because you know we're just a bunch of chicks from New Zealand and they were like oh New Zealand women's hockey team that's so cool that you have a woman's team and a national team and you're traveling and stuff. So, yeah, all these games we went to, all these spectators would come and chat to us because we had these cool beanies on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they are cool. <laughs>
1: everyone wants one of our beanies. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And everyone does love a Kiwi anyway everywhere you go. Yes. yes. We're pretty likable people, I guess.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all right. Yeah, we're not. We're all right. We're all right. Um, And I guess also because, like, Canada, especially like Toronto, is probably a good place to go for you guys because... Um, As far as hockey goes, Canadians are very, you know, they love women's hockey. Mm. Uh, Probably, I I would like to say as equally as men's hockey, they're obviously a lot more aware of it than other people are. So, um, yeah, how awesome was it, though, that you got to meet, uh, you know, Laura Stacey and uh, Laura Fratino?
1: Yeah, we had no idea when we, you know, we we heard we're going to get to go to this game. We thought, oh, that's really cool. We get to see the top women's hockey, you know, being played. And then... When we found out that these Olympians were there, we just kind of everyone kind of lost their mind a little bit. It was everyone's like, "We have a photo, you know, you go see the medals." <laughs> um, so they were doing sort of signings and stuff, and they were they were really lovely. They yep. were really yeah happy to see us, and yeah, we were sort of fangirling a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then even like the guys that did the um, the live broadcast, you know, came over and wanted to have a chat to us and. and it was quite unexpected. We didn't see it coming. We were kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Throw us in the defend. And, and they had a lot of trouble pronouncing Anja's name. That was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> I did, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we saw that. We um, we saw the video and we loved it right at the start. he's like, I'm here with Helen Murray and and Jal-
1: he practiced it like 10 times so good. it was so funny
0: that's why when uh, when i did that um video of like the ice like top five goals from the tournament yeah. i was like i'm pretty good with indian names for like from you know like cricket and stuff <laughs> mm. and i was like i'll just give it a crack and i was <laughs> and so like i seen her like she commented on it and i was just like please tell me i got your name right and she's like no nah, you're good
1: because yeah now you got the, the combo like the indian plus the finish last name is yeah yeah
2: uh, how were your impressions of the the Canadian Women's Hockey League?
1: Oh, it's insane! That yeah, yeah the level, the speed that they play at um, it's just their skating is incredible. And I mean, I've seen it kind of play, you know, on like TV. you watch on yeah. TV, on yeah. online, you watch the Olympics and stuff. But when you're really there, you get a real sense for just how fast they actually are, and and how much power they're putting into their shots and stuff. It's yeah, it's definitely something to aspire to. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, I think. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> yeah, be pretty I,
0: cool. I, I did ask you that um mm. uh, previously, uh like ahead of the tournament. But there is one um that I th- I feel like we should touch on. Maybe like Grace Harrison. Um there's a question that I if we one day when she's back home, if we get her on, um I know her dad's Convinced really
1: keen coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I know her dad's really keen for yeah. us to <laughs> talk to her. Um, but apparently she's very shy and doesn't like to talk about herself, which I totally That's true. I totally get. <laughs> That's true. Um But obviously, she is killing it at St. Lawrence. She's doing really well in that top-level NCAA hockey. Um, Could you see someone like Grace... Going entering into the like CWHL draft, and
1: if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Grace. Yeah. Like, she's she's incredible, and I know she she plays it down a lot. You know, you, she comes home and you're like, Oh, how you know, how's the hockey? She doesn't want to talk about it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that'd and after, be a great
2: uh, podcast for I, us, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know, we've known her for so long. Like, you know, she she grew up playing in line as well, and, and you kind of you watch her grow up and then go through into their league and just how well she's doing we're all just so proud of her you know we everyone raves you know, yeah we know grace yeah <laughs> but um yeah if anyone's going to do it she's going to be the one that that cracks that top level I'd say I'm sure there'll be plenty of girls that sort of look at her and go I want to do that too so she'll probably open a, a whole gateway of future girls coming up
0: yeah, I mean, I hope so, and I mean, I'd like th- like to think that obviously all the things that you've done have inspired uh, the younger generation as well. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> considering, yeah. just, I mean, you know, at least just put it out there—a bit of a overachiever. But it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a little bit recently. Yeah, yeah it's N- not I th- that there's anything I wrong. with I think people, yeah, a lot of people sort of turn around and say, "Oh, you know, you can't do that. You can't be a scientist and a hockey player. It's it's not possible. It's, science is too demanding." But I'm still doing it, so I'm going to keep going until it completely falls over. You you just kind of can't really listen to it, right? If if you love it and you can make it work, then why not?
0: I did like, there was a quote, uh, or something you said in your blog, (laughs) is that you'll stay with the ice ferns until they kick you out.
1: Pretty much. That's my plan, (laughs) I think. I have some unfinished business with the ice ferns, because when I started ice hockey, I couldn't, obviously I couldn't skate, because I'd come across some inline. And for some crazy reason, Corey picked me for the ice ferns that first year in 2011. And I was in a pretty tough point at uni where I had to get certain grades in order to make it into the PhD program. So I, I pulled out of the traveling team and they went to Iceland and they won a gold medal. <laughs> and, and I was super happy for them, but also like dying inside because I didn't go on this trip. <laughs> and yeah, ever since I've kind of been chasing that gold medal again and it hasn't happened. So I, I keep saying to everyone, I can't retire until we get that gold so it better happen soon because I'm getting older you've got to be
0: you've got to be close um, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the tournament that's just been soon but yeah talking about that about the promotion and stuff what do you think what would that mean not just to you but to the Ice Ferns to go up to Division 2A and like um, you know aside from obviously facing tougher opposition uh, what other benefits would the team get from that
1: yeah 2A I mean we were there not you know in 2015 we were relegated from two A so we were there. It's a very tough division. There are some super high level teams in there. Um, that year there was Kazakhstan. You know like they played in the Olympics before, so it's it's a really tough division to be in. And I think it does demand a bit more from us as a team to to compete at that level. And kind of watching Australia actually in there as well, I think you really have to pull something out to to do well in that division. So, but being there also gives you a bit more kind of clout with sponsorship you know Mm -hmm. you're a bit higher up you can kind of push a little bit more you're into those sort of top 20 or 20 30 i think it's about top 30 rankings yeah so it's a little bit more push to to get some some funding um but yeah i think it would it would demand more of from us as a team to to compete there anyway
0: do you think if you got you went back up there uh and sort of you know, show that you can stay there. Do you think that would kind of get the attention of um, like high performance sport in New Zealand?
1: I hope so. Um, I don't know what the the ins and outs of kind of getting that sort of recognition and sponsorship from them would be. Um, we like, I think our best ranking in two A was was a fourth place in Auckland in 2013, and and that got a bit of attention. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, we got to start getting into these big funding. Mm. Um, that's that's how we we'll progress. If you look at the teams that we were playing in that division, um, Hungary was there one year. They've just gone in on one division, I think one B or one A or something. Oh. And um, Italy were in there as well. They've just one division, one B. You know, they're moving up and they're, they're getting the funding, and that's what's really driving them. Yeah. So it's kind of a catch, right? You got to get the good performance to get the funding, with yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: unless you're netball,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get the funding to get the performance so yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I think that's what's um, with the, with a bit more support, I think women's hockey could really just take off.
0: Yeah.
2: But. So this year's world champs, you went from Toronto, yeah. and then you guys came fourth. Yeah. let's Talk a little bit about that.
1: That was a tough one. Um, <laughs> we obviously went into the tournament angling for gold. Like that was that was where we were from the start. We we. There was no reason why we couldn't go on and pull that off as well. It came down to such a small amount of time in certain games. Like the Iceland game, we, we were up and, you know, we were 3-2 up. Mm. Four seconds, they scored to tie it. Um, we held it out through overtime. We lost in the shootout. And that, that one point really, you know, two points really, that that really hurt us. When it came down to it so you know that cost us a gold uh, a bronze medal four seconds yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough one to swallow at the end of a tournament and the iceland team like we're, we're pretty good mates with them they're they're a good bunch and we we kind of picked off the bronze medal from them last year so a little bit you know a little bit of give and take on that one but um chinese taipei when we watched back that first period of, of the game, we were competing against them really, really well. And it was a sort of a five-minute slump at the end of the first period. They scored three quick goals on us, and we just couldn't recover. So really, like, the results of the tournament kind of came down to these small, small bits, yeah. time points of just slight lapses of whatever it is. You know, it's a team game. You can't blame anyone, but that's kind of what, like, that cost us a silver medal or a gold mm. medal whatever, so... We're completely capable of getting there. It was just yeah. didn't quite go our way.
2: <laughs> it's kind of similar to what the the guys went through last year that, in that game against China. That was, mm, yeah. that was kind of the making of the, the gold medal, basically. Yeah, Like a five-minute yeah. period.
1: It's a tough tournament because every single game matters. Yeah. You know, like second game of the tournament, you, you take an overtime loss, you go, oh, damn. But it, it's so important, mm. those points coming down the line. And it's such a tight division as well. The top four teams in that division are really like, we're all very close in skill level. But yeah, credit to Chinese Taipei, they came up from the qualification division and they were so consistent every game. So they, they surprised us in a, in a sense. They're quite a small team, but they they really came out and, you know, they were just from the start of the game to the end of the game, every game. It was feisty. exactly the same thing. Yeah, feisty. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep battling.
0: <laughs> Would you, because um, obviously those tournaments are all like round robin based, so it's all just purely on points. Would you prefer if there was, you know, like a gold medal match, bronze medal match?
1: Yes and no. I can, I can see the, the benefit for it. I think having the round robin, you, you really get the consistent performers that pull it out at the end. You have to have, you know, a solid performance to get, to get the gold medal. And I think there's something to be said for that, mm. where you can kind of have, if you don't have a big division you play these games they don't necessarily mean a lot you get in you win one game you win, mm, yeah. win a gold medal you know so i think i kind of like the the demands of having to have a, f- a five game round robin you i think you get the best team winning from that so
0: now um you're, you mentioned before with toronto obviously you got to play against some really good strong like oh, yeah. women competition <laughs> oh yeah um and then like, you know, sometimes you struggle with that, especially like here. Now, I know uh, leading into the Commonwealth Games, like the women's black sticks, completely different kind of hockey, obviously. But um, they actually play their training games against uh, like men representative teams. Mm. Have you guys done that before? And if not, um, why not?
1: <laughs> we haven't really played against men's teams. It's a different game. Yeah. Um, playing against guys because they sort of instantly have to change from a, you know, to a non-check situation unless they play that normally. And in women's hockey you can you can kind of go for things that you wouldn't normally be able to do in a men's game. Like we can sort of step off the wall make these dangles that normally you get rolled for in the men's league. So, and, and if you watch the Olympics you can see the difference between the men and the women's games at that super high level but it, it does kind of filter down to ours as well and it's not quite the same. We can't muscle off a men's team right. whereas I could you know, even me, I'm tiny. I could kind of push around the Chinese Taipei girls. <laughs> so <laughs> you, there's that physicality of it that you can't really replicate when you play the men. It is valuable because they're very fast. You know, all the guys say you, if you're going to play them, they're going to be quick, um, and that's that's valuable. But it's not quite the same. So whenever possible, I think it's more valuable to be able to play other women's teams. Um, but in lieu of that. That's
0: You know, i was just really curious yeah. like if that would work for ice hockey as well or not but um you actually uh you're going overseas again soon yes. for inline hockey to yes. italy
1: yeah there's a lot of traveling to be done actually i'm going to dc first for work and then coming back here and then going back across uh for inline we're off to asiago um and we've been there a couple times. We've been there once for ice. We've been there for inline. So this is the third time third time year going back over there. Um, we're kind of just getting all the details about all of that now. So it should be a good good time. It looks like a good squad. That name, so.
2: How's your Italian?
1: Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm really bad with languages. <laughs> I usually just sort of Google translate my way through anything. <laughs> yeah. When we were in China. Oh, that's the other place I've been to, China. I went to China last year for inline. And yeah, phew. Language barrier, massive problem. <laughs> it was really difficult. Google Translate everything.
0: Yeah, I bet. I actually, because um, I was talking to um, Nolan Yonkman the other day, is, like Canadian dude who's playing in a Finnish league, and he's the only Canadian on his roster. And So I asked him. I was like, "Is there your language barriers there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like I've got a translator, and um, the only thing that really gets lost on me is jokes." <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine it's pretty difficult <laughs> playing. Somewhere where no one else is speaking the same. You pick up all the little things, I think, quite quickly, like pass, sub, yeah, <laughs> well, that sort of thing.
2: Get the hell off the ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're yelling at me, I need to get off. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's not bad. Um, yeah. No, sticking with like Inline, uh, last year, the World Roller Games, you were the flag bearer
1: yeah, for that New was, Zealand. that was amazing. That was The whole um, World Roller Games, was. it was the first time they've done it, and that was such a cool event. They pulled together all the roller sport kind of codes, Um, things like speed skating and freestyle where they kind of like dance around these cones and stuff and roller derby and like everyone was there tons of countries and they had this amazing (laughs) opening ceremony we didn't realize it was going to be such a big event and then um yeah so the inline federation put my name forward which i was kind of surprised about as well it's pretty (laughs) pretty cool and um yeah roller sports new zealand picked me i don't yeah it was pretty cool and yeah, you kind of you had to go to this. I um, had to go to a, like a practice sort of thing, and there were just like swarms of children. <laughs> all of these little kids dressed up in like traditional costume and stuff, preparing, and it was so loud and you couldn't hear anything because there were just millions of children. Um, but then you kind of got to chat to all the flag bearers and everyone around and see what they do, and yeah, it was pretty special to, to take it out and then hear everyone going nuts in the stands this little Kiwi contingent. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> so it's kinda like a almost like an Olympic opening ceremony. Yeah. So like on a smaller scale. It kind
1: of felt like that. That's it was, cool. Yeah, cool. had the had the butterflies going out there. Like I gotta wave my flag, I gotta get my figure eight going with my flag <laughs> and not drop it.
2: Uh, so like basically every Kiwi kid that plays ice hockey, you started playing in line? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, at, a uh, yeah.
0: at a very young age. Yeah. Very young age,
1: yeah. I was about ten? I was about ten, yeah. Um,
2: how did you get into, and like everyone has their like origin stories? Their
1: yeah. Mine is, um, the classic sort of family story. I guess my brother got some, like a pamphlet from school and he wanted to try it. And I was pretty like negative about it stuff. I remember thinking, Oh, that sounds really silly. And he started and then I was kind of the backseat on the way home telling him what he should have done and his, his <laughs> games and stuff. And my dad said to me, why don't you try it then? I went, oh, <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. And then anyway, so here I am. <laughs> I started and I never stopped.
2: <laughs> That's pretty progressive for a – so the school sent out a pamphlet.
1: Yeah, back, back in those days um, we were playing out at East Tamaki and they had a really strong like learn to play after school Friday night um, program right? I think a lot of inline players will probably remember it if, if they've been playing since sort of 2000s um, and yeah they would go around all the schools they had tons of sort of shin pads and little helmets and stuff and skates for kids just, I think you just had to bring your own pair of rollerblades basically right? and turn up with a helmet and they give you a stick and get on the rink and blad around for a little bit and yeah it, it, back in those days inline was quite big you know there were three or four teams in each age grade
0: yeah um, I remember. It really um, grew. Yeah, I remember growing up in Tauranga, There was the Tauranga Mighty Ducks. Yes, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yes. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. I think
1: um, the Mustangs boys are still playing out of Tauranga, so there's there's sort of remnants of inline out there, and yeah, they're pretty competitive actually.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I like because obviously there's there's never been an ice rink in Tauranga. It probably no never <laughs> will be. <laughs> been Not a beach petty. town, but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, and like yeah, so learning there and now fast forward. To you know, a few weeks ago, you were helping out at uh, Auckland um, Ice Hockey Association's Have a Go Day. Yeah, teaching teaching little kids teaching how to skate. little kids.
1: One of them was my nephew. Actually, I'm. To be fair, I mostly went because I saw it was going on. I thought I'd better help out. And then my nephew has been. He's um he's four. He's he has a little hockey stick that I've cut down for him, and he runs around outside. And,
2: and that's good. Uh, yeah, Auntie Fishy, get him out there. Show young. Me how to <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get the skates on and get him into it.
1: So my sister had been kind of pestering me. Like, you got to take him. You better, you better show him because every time she wants to, she played a little bit as well when she was younger, and every time she wants to show him, he's like, no, 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 no. That's Auntie Fishy. That's what, that's what she does. So I had to take him. And yeah, he loved it. It eh? was he was on the rink for about forty minutes, I think, which was pretty good for a four-year-old. I thought. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> he, he was so competitive. And all these little kids, you know, they, they they don't necessarily have the the ability to skate, but they just they just want to do stuff. Mm. And just being on the ice is exciting. So yeah, it kind of brings you the joy. You know, you got to give give back and keep them all going.
0: How, how yeah speaking of like how important is it to you to like give back and help that like that next generation of uh, ice hockey players kind of get their start
1: yeah i think it's so important for the sport to grow and I, re- I really love the um the girls give it a go day as well because there's i think it comes across you know ice hockey with a stigma that it's rough and tumble and it's too tough for girls sort of thing and i when you when you get these these girls out on a day where it's just for girls and they can you know kind of come along and give it a go and there's no boys to push you around sort of thing, yeah. and they get out there and they love it, and so you kind of like you want to be able to give back and help them see that they can do it too and and it's not just you know you don't have to be tough you just have to kind of get out there and and try it. I don't have as much time as I'd like to 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 coach and and do all that sort of stuff, but a couple of years back when I was at uni I was still. Doing all that sort of stuff, and it's it's pretty rewarding to see how, them.
2: How cool is it being like a I don't want to call you a veteran, but like a a mainstay in the ice ferns team? Seeing those those new ice ferns come in, like fuchsia, yeah, who've never been in the yeah. team, and like see their their growth in hockey, and now they're in the New Zealand team.
1: It's yeah, that's pretty um pretty cool because you get players come along and. It, it's, it's, it throws you off, like it surprises you. Someone comes up to you and says, "Oh, you know, it's so cool. Ice Fan's so cool. I really want to play for you guys one day, and like, that's my dream." And I'm, you don't really realize that you have that impact on people, hmm. and they come across like, "Oh man, it's so cool," and you're like, "All right, then, like this is what you're gonna have to do." And, and like Fuchsia, especially, she she's amazing because she came out to me like a year or two ago, and she's like, "What about you know, what are the things I should really focus on to get into this team?" And when you got people like that, that are just like. They're so driven Mm. to want to make it. It's what makes the jersey mean something, you know. Mm. You fight so hard to to raise the money and to train and to build your skills to get there. And they're coming on through and, yeah, some of the young ones, you know, they're getting pretty fast. (laughs) I'm getting a little bit worried. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a lot of talent coming up. So you see how hard they work and, yeah, these kids are off the rink, you know, on the rink after school and, playing around for two or three hours you're like oh shoot i need to do that too now
0: (laughs) i'm sure you've still got many years i mean you know andy haye's still around he's he's kicking it he's still doing good
1: there's there's plenty plenty of people that i yeah i always say that i can't retire until tara tara testing does she's still playing in line so i gotta keep going (laughs) (laughs) she's got a few years
0: on me (laughs) there is um you know speaking of you know players like future the younger one's sort of coming up uh there's one that actually uh I guess uh, we'll call her a listener of this podcast. Friend <laughs> uh, of the podcast. Friend of the, of the podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse Parker with the yeah, uh, New yeah. Zealand yeah. Under-18s. I think a year ago she posted this photo of her with, uh, was it with Remy Sandoy? And she's like wearing his jersey or something and said, I want to play for New Zealand. And then a year later she makes the team and <laughs> she's just so pumped and stoked. So yeah. I think, yeah, this is obviously a definite... Um, there's like a lot of like kind of carry through there, the influence from the Ice Ferns. So, I mean, as long as it keeps going, I think we're going to see a lot more awesome uh, female hockey players. Yeah. I I
1: think having the tournaments in New Zealand helps as well. Mm -hmm. Like when you get to really see like having the Ice Blacks here last year was, was really cool because you get all these kids, you know, getting out to see these guys in the black Jersey. And and when we played in Auckland in uh, 2013, it was sort of the same, you know, you had all these people like, Oh, this is really cool. Like you guys are doing so well. And, that's where all the energy comes from I and mean, you kind of inspire these people i was helping out last year at the ice wax tournament jesse was running around i think she was in um, caitlin Hills jersey actually <laughs> and um, i was like who's that girl wearing caitlin's jersey and she came up to me and she's like oh you know i know who you are blah, 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 and she was really excited and yeah to see how hard she's worked to get into the under 18s and how much it means to her that's that's what it's all about
0: yeah you mentioned um the like i guess the stigma that obviously <laughs> ice hockey is too rough and tough for girls uh is there any uh, is there any other like kind of perceived barriers that stopping girls from playing do you think
1: i think that's probably the main one um that yeah it's you know you're gonna get hurt or something um i think there's probably a financial aspect of it as well i think it has a perception of being quite an expensive sport when you look at it, you know, depending on how many teams you play for, it's pretty comparable to inline actually. Yeah. I think inline's still a bit cheaper, but yeah, I think those are the the main sort of barriers that girls don't really sort of see it as a sport that they want to get into because it's not something that you see girls playing.
0: Yeah. But And so for um, you know, say like a young, you know, a young girl who wants to get into the sport, like what say just uh thinking of Auckland here, like what what leagues are there like what playing opportunities are there for girls that want to play?
1: Probably the first protocol is the learn to play program because that's for, for I'm, I'm pretty sure they do sort of younger grades up to sort of a little bit older. Um, that's a good place to learn how to skate. Cause I think it's once you learn how to skate, then everything else opens up. Mm. You really have to be able to sort of move before you can. Play.
2: I say this is an inliner who <laughs> could barely <laughs> scale. I would waddle around when I got on the ice, but
1: that's what really made the sport kind of open up. Um, for the girls that are a bit older, coming to the women's trainings that mostly start toward the end of the year when our season kicks off, that's a good place to come because it's it's kind of – it's an open women's training. Um, we have the older girls and people like me that have been around the block for a long time out on the ice, but there's also a lot of newer players that are still learning, and so we kind of split the ice up to accommodate for that. And Rachel's been really good at sort of figuring out how to do that. And with help of um, Jeff and Andy, it's it's – Really, kind of allow the girls to pick up the skill set from very beginner up to quite experienced. So that's a good place to go as well.
0: Now, how's your ankle?
1: How's my ankle? Yeah, it's good actually. Yeah, so oh, it was a tough decision. And last year, I had a uh, lateral ankle reconstruction. It was. I'm
0: glad you said that and not me because yeah. I, I read that up and I was like, um, what
1: is say.
2: that? Yeah. I leave that yeah. to the um, scientists to yeah. pronounce that.
1: Yeah, I it didn't even happen on the ice. I was training, I was running, and I, um, I was doing hill sprints for some stupid reason, cause I can't run. And I slipped off a curb and rolled it pretty bad and it tore a tendon and you know, I had a tournament coming up at Ice World, so I sort of just strap it together and, and keep going. And our physio, Katie, she's kind of like, what are you up to? <laughs> um, and then, you know, I got off and I only have a couple of months and then this inline worlds, So I was like, oh, I'll just keep going it, keep going on it. And it was getting worse and worse and by that point I've been referred to a surgeon and he was saying you know I can fix this now but if it gets much worse then you're gonna have some real problems and I thought oh okay I need to do it but the timing was terrible because I wanted to go to ice worlds again of course and so thankfully the world roller games were actually in September last year instead of July so it gave me a slightly extra window window to get it done and yeah. It was pretty scary because you just don't know what you're going to come out with. And I'm still not quite skating um, normal. It's I've got like a kind of a donut in there to keep the scar um, off my boot mm. because it pushes and it's quite difficult, but it's far more stable than it was. So it was a definitely a good decision to do it, but it had me off for a couple of months. Couldn't walk for about two months and then slowly learn how to skate again. That was the weirdest part. You kind of get into a boot and half your legs Atrophied away, you got no muscle (laughs) left, got this jelly leg and you kind of, you're trying to skate again and you're like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to play the national team.
2: (laughs) On your blog, you, you go into quite detailed, um, talks about it, um, especially like the medication and everything, um. You guys should check out her blog, healthish.wordpress.com. I need
1: to update it, updated, actually. It's, it's a little bit behind.
2: <laughs> update it with this uh, visit to this amazing yeah. podcast. I
1: well, will do. do. All, you all guys your, a shout-out.
0: Yeah. your awesome time in Canada and Spain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I need to probably, do that, too. That's probably more important. <laughs>
1: in, the, in the thesis defense and all that sort of stuff, actually. There's a lot <laughs> to put in there. <laughs> Lots happened.
0: So, obviously, Ankle, you've gone through the recent uh, world's and ankles all good. Ankles
1: good, yeah. Rehab's been really good. I got to give our physio Katie a lot of credit for that. She's she was the tough one on me. She's like, you can't skate until you do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay. So once I could do certain things, then she let me do the next thing. And then, so I'm pretty stubborn. So I was going to worlds. Like it was it was going <laughs> to happen. And she was very um, she was pretty unsure about me getting on. It was inline worlds I was working towards, and she was like. Oh. I don't know, four months post-surgery. But <laughs> we got there and it all stayed intact and it's a lot better for it. So, yep.
2: This might be a um, highly controversial question, but uh, what do you prefer? Eyes or inline? Oh.
1: Ooh, that is a really tough one. Ooh, I'm going to get hate out of the way on this. Um, <laughs> oh, I like different things about different ones. It's so diplomatic answer. But um, I enjoy... I'd say I probably enjoy inline more for a couple of reasons. One, it's a little bit less sort of intense. The time that we're away, we have a lot more downtime, and also because there's just so many people inline that have been my family for like so so long, like yeah. pretty much my whole life, that it's pretty hard to sort of to take ice first. But in saying that, ice I think is more competitive. So if I had to pick which one to go to, I think the priorities are Ice Worlds and then World Roller Games. So every second year they have World Roller Games. So yeah you know, on a year where they have world world games that's kind of like i want to be there and then on a year when it's not world <laughs> roller games i'm kind of like oh i saw where it's at uh, so i'll keep going on I, both I, them.
0: yeah i don't i don't want to hear any hate over that answer yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know, you mentioned obviously uh so corey down kind of got you into the ice ferns uh, yeah your first yep. year um i got i interviewed him recently and he kind of downplayed the whole fact that he was the ice ferns <laughs> coach because he was like oh i was I was only the coach because. It
1: was four years. It was huge.
0: But he he was like, oh, I was the only one at the time available, kind of thing. So I was like, okay, well, I think he's probably been a little bit humble there. Um, But what was it like in your first years having him as a coach?
1: Oh, Corey was Corey was great, you know, and he really embraced the inlineness of us, um, of the players that had kind of come across, because I think a lot of the time when we play ice, we get this the inline kind of beaten out of us, you know. <laughs> you know everyone's like, ah, oh, you dangle too much, too many hands, stop, pa- stop puck handling, stop puck handling. No,
0: love a good dangle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think Corey kind of embraced all of those um, plays that we love about inline and brought it into the ice friends. So I really enjoyed that. <laughs> about um also he's just, he's such a great character you know he's a really good time um, yeah but he was, he was he was a good coach he was left you we know, have four years it's a long time you shouldn't downplay that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he coached us through uh, division 2a which is a, you know that was a tough tough division um, so yeah I think there's a lot of a lot of credit he needs to have <laughs> for that
2: um yeah I mean that seems sensible not to tell skilled players to not use their skill i guess when they're playing ice because inline players are they've always got better hands than ice hockey players i guess <laughs> um so it makes sense to kind of embrace that to let them play a skilled yeah. fast game
1: yeah yeah I, I mean i like to bring that into my ice because that's sort of my upbringing in a sense and, and the plays that we run all the picks that we do in inline i think there is a place for them but ice hockey is a different game
2: mm.
1: and you know, and in line, it's all about park position. We bring it back and then we're moving it forward. So we would rather return to our defensive zone than give up position. And there's so many times where, like, we kind of flick into that at ice and then you can hear Andy screaming at us on the bench, <laughs> like, what are you doing? And, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't go well and it, you get a turnover in your defensive zone. And you go, okay, I see where he's coming from. <laughs> Maybe we should actually, you know, get on board with this whole ice hockey style. And, and like, dump and chase is a really crazy concept mm. as an inliner. Mm. You know, to give up possession on an offensive drive, we just go, what? You want me to give away the puck? I
0: think
1: it's a crazy
2: sp- concept to us, too. Yeah. yeah there's, a can, lot, there's, there's a time and more and of a place, that in, in yeah. ice as well that that's kind of been. Embrace is not the way to do things. Yeah, Keeping I can, I can see is-
1: in certain situations where it's, it's really useful and it, it worked out pretty well for us in a couple of games as well. So, yeah, I'm starting to learn there. <laughs> it's taken me five years. <laughs> uh,
0: I think lastly, I um, should probably ask, Looking so looking ahead probably like five, ten years. Uh, where and like, How do you imagine the sport of ice hockey looking in New Zealand?
1: I, I think we need to start pushing skating as a priority every time we go away to these tournaments I think that's where we we get beaten it's not our fitness it's not necessarily our skill I think it's our skating um strength that that's I think if if New Zealand hockey can kind of push that I think we'll be in a lot better place women's game men's game um five years time I'd really like to see the women's game growing I'd like there to be a bigger pool more competition to play against and to pick New Zealand teams from. Because I think that competition drives you to improve. You don't don't get complacent. And I think the only way to do that is to kind of keep growing the grassroots Hmm. and build up, um, at least in New Zealand, you know, the Women's League, um, the Men's League's going pretty strong. I'd really like to see another team in the Women's League. I think that'd drive a lot of competition and a lot of growth for the sport. So, yeah, five years' time, I think if if we were getting there, that'd be... It'd be a good time.
0: And so obviously, like, yeah, you mentioned like a National Women's League. Would you like hopefully see that kind of that same tier as the men's league, same amount of tension or even more so? I
1: hope so. Yeah. yeah I'd like to see some, you know, if we can convince some imports to come over, mm. I think that would be really cool. Like both so right, to play all, with and against.
0: Is it all local players at the moment?
1: Not entirely. I know um, Canterbury does a pretty good job of, of pulling over some from some girls from overseas, but Auckland most we're all local and Southern, I think, is pretty much the same. So, having a little bit more international presence, I think, would be cool to play with and against and sort of build the, te- the tension in the league. Is, I think it's already pretty good. You know, there's a lot of rivalry between us and yeah. Canterbury for sure.
2: <laughs> um, it's not like Auckland and Canterbury to hate each other?
1: <sighs> I wouldn't say hate. Yeah, that's too strong. Are you? We're all really, it's such a small group that, you know, but we're very competitive. So, yeah
0: uh let's make it happen guys because i mean we love women's hockey and that's why we push it as much as we can on on puck here and helen thanks for coming yeah, in yeah
1: no thank you guys thanks for everything you've done and looking out for us over the tournament as well it's been cool
0: thanks
2: helen
1: thanks
0: and uh if you can guys if you're listening to this on uh itunes uh give us a review get us up there in the charts and a rating yeah and a rating
2: people always talk about how important these reviews and ratings are
0: yeah you can't um,
2: see them or anything and mm-hmm. No one knows exactly how it works. We can't see
0: stats or analytics, but it's what we're told. So, um, yeah, chuck us a review, preferably five stars. But if there's something you don't like, that yeah, tell us. We're keen to hear it.
2: We'll bribe you with anything.
0: (laughs) Puck Yeah, it's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favourite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Puck Yeah Podcast. And for your fix of hockey news, go to puckyear.nz.